Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, City Lights Church. Welcome to Church at Home or wherever you find yourself listening to this message. I just want to mention that we're going to take communion at the close of this message. Uh, we didn't take it after worship, but have those elements ready, and I'm going to lead you and your family in taking communion. Hopefully, next time you see me on camera, I will have a haircut. The hair salons are opening back up, and so I'm hoping tomorrow that I will be able to get a haircut and look a little bit less like the Unabomber. All right. Well, we are continuing a series that we began a few weeks ago. I felt like the Lord wanted me to just emphasize on these truths that we've been talking about. The series is called Forgiven and Free. After Easter, I um, really just wanted to hone in on the truth of the cross and the truth of the gospel. This week will be part three. There may be a part four. Next week is Mother's Day. My wife's going to be bringing you a great message next week, so get ready for that. But I just want to say, if you've missed any of these messages, I want to reiterate that go back and listen to part one and part two, because these are kind of built upon one another. They're sequential, and um, it'll help you to understand what I'm saying today if you go back and listen to those. Uh, having said that, I will do a quick review to get everyone up to speed. I've said this every week, but more than anything, God wants to have an intimate, loving relationship with you. Okay? But we've been talking about the fact that if we don't deal with our past, it can come back and haunt our present. If we don't deal with our yesterday, our today and our tomorrow can be compromised. God knew this. He knew that your past would be a problem. So he had to deal with it. Otherwise, that unbroken fellowship that he desires to have with you could be compromised. Now, from a theological, legal standpoint, we know that he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. It's not as though we, he's not in our hearts anymore. But from a standpoint of enjoying that fellowship every day with him, it is compromised. It is broken. And God doesn't want that. He wants you to enjoy that intimate communion with him every single day. And that's what we've been talking about. And we've said here that in order to enjoy unbroken fellowship with God, there are three perspectives that need to change about your past. The first one is the most important one, and that one is God's. We talked about that last week. Part one was God's perspective. If God didn't change his perspective about your past, you couldn't enjoy a relationship with him today. Okay, uh, Psalm 103, verse 11 through 12, we've read this the last couple of weeks. It says this, As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. He has removed our sins, our transgressions from us. Isaiah 1.18, he says this, Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. Okay, from God's vantage point, our sin has been completely dealt with. What looked like guilt, 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 shame, 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 Jesus made pure, pure, pure. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your past sins are completely and totally forgiven. 
no strings attached. Uh, I, I say it like this often, we start at the finish line. We do have a race to run as Christians, talks about that in Hebrews, but we start at the finish line. So we can't fail, okay? So that was the first perspective, God's perspective. That needed to change or no other perspective could change. The second perspective uh, is your perspective. Your perspective needed, needed to change. We talked about that last week. That was part two. Here's the thing. If your perspective doesn't change along with God's, even though your sins are completely and totally forgiven, you will still not enjoy that unbroken fellowship and relationship that he wants to have with you. And the resurrected life that he has called you to and destined you for will always just be over the horizon. Okay? I read this scripture. 1 John chapter 3, 19 through 21, it says this. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. God wants to set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Here was the truth that I wanted you to remember last week. Your heart can condemn you even though God is not condemning you. Many times the condemnation we feel, it's not from God, it's from our own hearts, okay? It's your own conscience, it's your own heart that is condemning you, okay? But thank God, he is greater than our hearts. His opinion trumps our heart's opinion, and we can stand on the truth of the word of God and know that we can be set at rest in his presence, okay? God wants us at rest in his presence. He wants us to have confidence before him, okay? God not only wanted to remove the guilt from his perspective, he wanted to remove the guilt from our vantage point, our perspective, okay? And we read a bunch of scriptures last week, in Hebrews 9 and 10, that talked about the fact that because of the blood of Jesus, um, it not only achieves forgiveness from God's vantage point, but he also wants to do, to do such a deep work in us that we actually feel clean, that we actually feel pure. Now there's a crazy paradox, because you know, you know what your past is like, I know what my past is like, but because of the blood of Jesus, he wants to do such a work of grace in you that you feel clean, that you feel pure, okay? So we said this, the blood of Jesus wasn't just to satisfy the offended, it was also to satisfy the conscience of the offender. Okay, he wants our consciences to be satisfied that it was enough. Okay, now there's a third perspective that needs to change. We're going to talk about that today. Now I'm going to put a little bit of a different spin on this because it's not so much that this third perspective needs changed. It's that the new perspective that God has given you needs to be enforced. Okay, I regret to inform you that some of the things that God has purchased for you on the cross need to be enforced in this life. They're not necessarily automatic, and we have to take authority and enforce them, okay? Let me give an example of this. We live in a nation of laws, a, a, a state of laws, cities make laws. But how many know if those laws are not enforced, people won't automatically follow them? Uh, give you an example. Um, when, uh, when you're driving your car, 
you know, there's laws that you can't speed, you can't do this, you can't do that. But listen, if no one ever enforced those laws and, and everyone knew they wouldn't be enforced, then no one would obey them, right? It would just, it would be chaos. So there wouldn't be a need for a police force if everyone just obeyed the laws without needing enforcement. If you're like me, if you're running late to a meeting, you're running late to an appointment, I, when I'm late, I, I will go as fast as I can go without going too fast to get pulled over and get a ticket, right? But I still have that tension of like, I, I can't just go as fast as I want because I will get pulled over, okay? So just because a law is written doesn't mean people will automatically follow it. Otherwise, we wouldn't need a police force, okay? So laws need enforcement. It's the same way with your relationship with God, our relationship with the Lord. Some of what he has purchased for us needs enforcement in our lives, needs to be reaffirmed by us. Okay, all right, why is this? Well, the reason why is, is because we live in a world where there is darkness, okay? It is true that there is a kingdom of darkness in this world. Um, our adversary, the devil, is called the accuser of the brethren. He's, a, he's an accuser. He accuses you. He accuses you before God, before each other, to your own, your, your own heart. He's the accuser. That's what he's good at. Revelation 12 talks about the fact that he is the accuser. Okay, this accuser that I'm talking about, he doesn't want you to get this message that I'm preaching right now. He doesn't want you to know this truth. Why? Because the accuser wants to alienate you from your creator, from your God, okay? So the title of our message today is called Enforcing the Verdict. Part three, Enforcing the Verdict. If you're a Christian, God's verdict over you is pure, 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 clean, 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 okay? But many times, the enemy of your soul, he will watch you. He will watch you and look for opportunities to come against you. He will look for opportunities to alienate you from God. Um, now, side note, um, Satan is not like the opposite of God. It's not like God is good and Satan is on the opposite spectrum equally as bad. Okay, he's not, he's not the opposite. I mean, God's way up here, Satan's way down here. Um, so Satan is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at once. God is omnipresent. That's a divine attribute. So when I say that there is opposition of darkness maybe coming against you, it's probably not Satan, literally Satan himself, but it's, it's his kingdom of darkness that is run through demons, demonic influences, and, and the, he has influence all around the earth because of his kingdom being all around the earth, the kingdom of darkness, okay? But the kingdom of darkness looks for opportunities to alienate you from your God. Okay, let me give you an example of this. We're in a current pandemic. The reason why I'm sitting here in the basement of the church talking to a camera is because we're in a current pandemic um, uh, because of a virus. Uh, unlike um, a virus, unlike bacterial infections, viruses can be like seeds at times. And some of them can enter your body and they can lie in wait, sometimes for years, to wait for you to, to come to a weakened state and then they will exploit that weakened state and pop up and try to, try to manifest, okay? Uh, I'll give you an example in my life. Uh, when I get stressed out, um, I get cold sores on my mouth. I don't know if anyone out there gets cold sores on their mouth when they get stressed out. Um, that's caused by a virus, okay? And uh, 
when I'm doing good, my, my immune system suppresses it. I don't have any problems with it. When I'm not doing good, I'm stressed out. Things are going crazy. I'm not getting enough sleep. Sometimes I'll get cold sores. Um, they say that 80 to 90% of the people in the world have that virus that I'm talking about that gives cold sores. And most people don't get these cold sores unless they're really stressed out or they're going through something crazy in their life, okay? Um, it waits for an opportunity when you're at a weakened state. Uh, another example of this is shingles. Uh, most of you, many of you have had the chicken pox and you had it and you fought it off. Um, but then that virus, can be, it can be fought off and live dormant in your body for years or even decades. And then that virus, the chicken pox, can wait for an opportunity when the person is in a weakened state later in life and the chickenpox can reemerge later in life as shingles. Okay, You'll, you won't get the chickenpox again, but it can reemerge as shingles. Okay, So the viruses wait for us to be in a weak, weakened state many times. This is the same thing in the kingdom of darkness, in the spiritual realm. The devil, Satan, will wait, the kingdom of darkness will wait for you to be in a weakened state to alienate you from your God, from your creator, or, th or from the body of Christ for that matter, further weakening you. By the way, if you're listening and you're going through a stressful period during the season, I want to encourage you to stay in the word, stay connected to other believers, stay in worship, keep encouraging yourself and being built up in your faith. I know for, for some of you, this is a very, very stressful time, especially if you're losing your job and you're trying to figure out how to navigate that, you're owning a business or things like that. So or moms and dads at home now trying to figure out how to homeschool. Um, that's also stressful if you have another job on top of that, okay? So the enemy of our soul will try to take advantage of you in a weakened state. Um, I don't know about you, but maybe the enemy's exploited some of your weaknesses lately. Maybe you're in a, weak, weak, uh, a weakened state as of late, and maybe he's exploited some of those weaknesses lately, okay? Here's my point. Many of us have the virus of condemnation, guilt, and shame floating around in our soul. And it's been there for years. And at one point in time, you had a revelation of grace, the blood of Jesus. You had a revelation of God's love. And you, you got a hold of it. God loves me. He's for me. And that shame, guilt, and condemnation were suppressed by your spiritual immune system, we'll say. Okay? But you can go... All of a sudden, if you're in a weakened state, what you thought was dealt with, your past that was suppressed, or suppressed, dealt with, all of a sudden, when you're in a weakened state, your mistakes can rear their ugly head, afforded by the seeds of condemnation, guilt, and shame, by the virus of condemnation, guilt, and shame, okay? So, um, yeah, this has happened to me, where I've gone through my life. I thought I'm free. Man, I'm doing so good. And then I'm going through something hard and I'm in a weakened state and all of a sudden I'm dealing with junk that I thought was totally gone under the blood, you know, removed. And here I am feeling condemnation, separation from God. Okay. So we need spiritual antibodies. Okay. We need grace antibodies. We need love antibodies. Okay. How do we resist this enemy? How do we enforce this victory that I'm talking about today, okay? How do we enforce it? Well, it's the same answer that I gave you week one, week two, I'm gonna give you the same answer in week three. It's by the blood of Jesus. The, the reason why God is able to forgive you is because of what Jesus did on the cross. 
The reason why your guilty conscience can be cleansed is a revelation, understanding what Jesus did on the cross. Okay, um, that revelation and application of the blood of Jesus is what Jesus did on the cross. Okay, and this this is how we build these spiritual antibodies. Okay, I'm going to read uh, a scripture here, and I want you to just take this in. Okay, uh, Colossians chapter two. Verses 14 and 15. This is how we enforce our victory. It says this. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased all our sins, our stained soul, and deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Verse 15, then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Okay? The enemy's power to accuse you has been stripped away by what Jesus did on the cross for you. Jesus triumphed over the enemy on the cross and stripped away his power to come against you and to accuse you. Your debt is paid in full. It's like there's a sign on the cross. It says paid in full, and that's your debt, your cancellation of your debt. Okay? So when the accuser of the brethren comes and tries to condemn us, which he will, he will try, and he will lie in wait for you to be in a weakened state, we need to remind him that he was defeated on the cross and the, the blood of Jesus covers all of our sins. Okay? That's what we do when the accuser comes. That's what we do when our hearts condemn us. We remind our hearts. Our hearts need assurance. We need to remind our hearts, hey, it's under the blood. Jesus did it all on the cross. It's paid in full. Okay? Listen. Life with Jesus is a party. All right? But in the words of the Beastie Boys, you gotta fight for your right to party, okay? You gotta fight for your right to party. Many times we have to enforce the victory by reminding the enemy of our soul, by reminding ourselves what Jesus did for us, okay? Especially when you're going through a hard time and you're in a weakened state. I'm glad that Mr. Jared behind the camera didn't laugh out loud when I said that. <laughs> so, I wanna take communion uh, with you, and I want it to illustrate this in a, in a way that while we take communion. I have the elements here, and grab your elements if you would. I was thinking about this series this week, Forgiven and Free, and I've been reading through, um, just in my normal reading, I'm, I'm in the book of Leviticus right now, it's not like my favorite book, I'm just, that's where I'm at, okay. And so, um, I mentioned this last week, but many times in the Old Testament, there are types and shadows of Jesus, right? And in the Old Testament, there are many prescribed sacrifices that make atonement for the sins of Israel, for the people at that time. Okay, these are all shadows and types of Christ. But I was reading in Leviticus chapter, um, chapters 1 through 5, and there, here are these different sacrifices. There's a burnt offering, a grain offering, um, a fellowship offering, peace offering, a sin offering, a guilt offering. 
And listen, something you need to realize is that for Jesus, for us, Jesus is all these sacrifices rolled into one and then times 10. He's all these sacrifices. He, he met all the criteria for all these sacrifices and they're all rolled into one in Jesus. He did it all. But most Christians, I think most Christians only see Jesus as their sin offering. So he's my sin offering, therefore I can go be in heaven someday with him, the great by and by. Most Christians don't see Jesus as their guilt offering, that God wants to remove guilt from you today. And they don't see Jesus as their fellowship offering, that through Jesus, God wants to have fellowship with them every day and today, okay? They don't see Jesus as their peace offering, that through Jesus, God wants us to be at peace, at peace with him and in peace in the world, okay? Um, I was looking this up, and the word peace there in the Hebrew, and where it talks about Leviticus, um, in Leviticus, the peace offering, it means wholeness, completeness, soundness, and health. These are all the things that the peace offering would bring, okay? Now, according to Colossians 1.20, Jesus is our perfect peace offering. What he did is our perfect peace offering. Here's my point. If the Old Testament came with promises like this, how much more in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, should we be able to enjoy these promises and take part in them, okay? Take part in the goodness of God that he's offered to us, okay? So we're going to do this today. We're going to take communion. Listen, anytime you're dealing with shame, guilt, condemnation, fear, I want to encourage you, if you're going through a season like that where the enemy's trying to alienate you from God, take communion because these are, these are living symbols for us. The bread represents the body of Jesus that was broken for us. The, blood represent, the wine represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us, okay? These are tangible things that we can do to remind ourselves of our intimate communion with him. We're communing with God and we commune with one another as we partake like this. So with your family there, um, I want to pray over these elements and we're going to take communion together. Father, we love you. We thank you for sending Jesus to this earth that he became, God, he became our fellowship offering. He became our peace offering that we could have peace with you. God, thank you that he became and was our sin offering. God, I thank you that he is our guilt offering, that there is no guilt, no shame, no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, we thank you that you desire that there be nothing between us, Lord God. And I pray for everyone watching that we would learn how to enforce our victory. We would learn how to enforce, God, the verdict, the, the verdict of not guilty, Lord. We learn how to force that in our lives and not believe the enemy's lies. So, Lord, we take this communion in Jesus' name. We thank you. Amen. Well, I want to close by speaking to a specific group of people that is watching. That's those of you who have never placed your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything I've talked about today begins when you give your life to Jesus. Um, we have to receive it, okay? Um, if you've never invited Christ in your life, I want to pray for you. How do you do that? You do that by um, acknowledging that Jesus came to this world. You place your faith and trust in him. You, you, you ask him to come into your heart and forgive your sins and to be your God. And so I'm going to pray a prayer. 
And if you just pray this prayer after me, mean it with all of your heart, and it's not in the magical, eloquent words that I'm about to pray, it's the cry of your heart that God sees and hears. So just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came to this world. I thank you that you died on the cross for me. I thank you that you took all my sin, past, present, and future. Today I trust you. Today I place my faith in you. Be my Lord, be my God. Come into my heart and help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, and everybody out there said, amen. All right. I'm so happy that if you prayed that prayer today, I'm so happy that you prayed that with us. And I just want to say um, on behalf of Sea Lights Church and really the global house of believers around the world, we're so happy that you've made this decision to follow him today. If you would do something for us, um, if you go to our website, citylights.church, there is a connect card there. You can click on that. If you would just fill that out and indicate on there that you've made this decision today, um, we want to just follow up with you. Number one, it's encouraging to us, but number two, we want to do everything on our part to make sure that you've begun this relationship with Jesus on the right foot, okay? And we'll, and we'll be sure to get back with you, okay? We love you. We're so glad you made that decision. And uh, we love you guys. Have a great week and God bless you. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us and we hope you have a blessed week.